Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. Today, we're going to be diving all into Selena Gomez's new boyfriend, Benny Blanco, because there was a whole rigmarole shitstorm type of fest that basically went down last week where Selena Gomez took to Instagram, was directly replying to a bunch of people. There was one of these like pop culture Instagram accounts. And they were alleging that Selena Gomez and Benny Blanco had started dating and she responded saying facts underneath the Instagram post. That led to a whole, what did I say? Shitstorm and rigmarole. Anyway, that happened where people were weighing in with their opinion about the relationship and she was directly responding to them. Um, it got messy. I made popcorn. It excited me. Did it excite you? And the main thing that I was seeing people talk about was who is Benny Blanco? Like, who is this man? And I've known about him for years because I always like to keep my eye on people who are like in the industry, but kind of behind the scenes. If you might remember, we did a mini episode about Zach Bia, right? Most people know he dated Olivia Rodrigo. He dated Madison Beer. But him and Benny Blanco, they're like people who are in the music scene and so well connected. Like they know so many different people in Hollywood, but they're not always paparazzied. It To me, it's kind of the ideal situation, which, by the way... I got a little bit bored before recording this episode, and I made a parody song called, you know, to the tune of Frosty the Snowman, Zach Bia the Blowman, because we all know that he sells drugs, right? Basically, if you listen to the mini episode, and I really want to record it, but I feel like that, I feel like I could get sued for saying first and last name. So anyway, I probably won't do it, but it was fun because at the end where it goes thumpity thump thump, I sang bumpity bump bump, because you know Zach Bia is just like, giving everyone coke and that's why he's so famous allegedly I think is what I've heard anyway but similar to him Benny Blanco is like this massive staple and I just want to do an episode kind of talking about everything that he's done um, because we're going to be hearing a lot more of him like he is dating Selena Gomez he is being thrust into the limelight and he's been involved in Hollywood scene responsible for all of these pop stars that you have bumpity bump bumped to yourself for the past like 20 years or something He's also very close with Charlie Puth. We're going to talk a little bit about their drama, their feud, their alleged feud, his dating history, um, a little bit of everything. And of course, at the end, we will talk about the Selena Gomez of it all. And I will say too, somebody online, I forget like which forum I was reading this in, but they were saying, oh my God, after reading Selena Gomez's comments, I think that either A, she was hacked, B, she is pregnant, or C, Haley Bieber is pregnant. And I, I know, right? Like, and we're not even five minutes in. I'm speculating on pregnancy. But there was just something. A lot of people thought she was hacked. She wasn't. I think she was just, you know, she had those loose fingers and they were flying. Something about that just hit me in my butt and in my gut. I feel like we see a lot of people in Hollywood who, pop stars, who get pregnant before marriage. And look, like, I don't know why. I'm not speculating. Like, none of them... You know, this isn't like their body looks different or like they're acting insane. So they're pregnant. I just for some reason I read it and sometimes I get a little bit woo woo. Something about it just made me go, wait a minute. Could that be true? So I don't know. It was just a random comment on the Internet. And underneath that comment was one that said Benny Blanco looks like Andre the Giant. So this is all just wacky Internet stuff. Take it with that. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. And we're going to start a little bit with Benny Blanco and how he got his start. Now, his real name is actually Benjamin Joseph Levin. He calls himself Benny Blanco, um, and he calls himself that like in all lowercase. I always wonder why people do that. 
like all lowercase or there's like the at symbol or 305 or no 303 with the exclamation mark. I always just wonder like, don't be a dick. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that these people are like, I'm doing it for creative purposes. Why don't you do things for SEO purposes like everybody else does? But whatever, his name is Benny Blanco. He is an American record producer and he's behind maybe a good 10% of all pop songs that have been on like the top 100 charts. He won the 2017 iHeart Radio Producer of the Year Award. He won the BMI Songwriter of the Year Award five non-consecutive times. And he was mentored, we're going to talk about this later, by Dr. Luke. That was kind of how he got his start into pop and into the whole... Uh, I don't know, world of music here. He's worked with everyone. Ed Sheeran, Justin Bieber, Halsey, Katy Perry, Maroon 5, Christina Aguilera, Kesha, Britney Spears, Rihanna, Sia, The Weeknd, Kanye West, Avicii, Selena Gomez, Adam Lambert, Charlie Puth, Keith Urban, One Republic, Wiz Khalifa, J Balvin, SZA, like so many different people. And some of these he's very, very close friends with because that's his producing style, which we're going to be talking about more. I find it very fascinating. He also is the founder of two different labels. If you know about music, you know about it. To me, I'm just like, I'm, I'm here for the gossip, not like the, the musical stuff. So anyway, let's talk about how he got started with music. So he grew up in Northern Virginia. He's Sicilian and Jewish. And he said that he was always a very, very musical kid. Like his parents were always playing music around the house. He was always banging on pots and pans as a little kid, getting super into it. And he started producing hip hop instrumentals in his bedroom and recording his own vocals on top of them. He attended this camp called Camp Airy, which at first I was like, oh my God, it's like a musical camp. It's not. It was a Jewish sleepaway camp. But he did that for many years in his childhood and he would perform and host a radio show under the name Ebba Ebba, or maybe it's pronounced Iba Iba. I just, I do always find that interesting. Like the things that we love to do as kids is usually the type of things that we end up doing as adults or the things that we should be doing because that's like our original passion, you know? And I feel like I I feel like I was meant to be a therapist. I would not be good at being a therapist. But when I was a kid, I <laughs> this is probably why I got into marketing. I set up like a uh my room as like an office and I put post-it notes all around the house, which there we go, B2C marketing. And it was like, have a problem, like want to talk to someone, come to Shannon's bedroom for like five cents. And I wanted people to like come to my bedroom and talk to me. Anyway, I remember my grandma came over once and she like visited me for a nickel and she asked me how business was doing. And I said, business is slow. I should have expanded to the neighborhood or something. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's always fun to think back on like what you did as a kid and what you wanted to be. Sometimes it pops up again like 20 years later. So anyway, he, uh, Benny Blanco, eventually got this apprenticeship, which by the way, like do they still have apprenticeships? I thought that was only for leather makers and woodworkers. But he got it with a producer called Disco D after all of these different trips that he was taking to New York City to meet with labels and producers. And over on Wikipedia, they just kind of throw that in as a sentence like, oh, he got this apprenticeship. After reading a bunch of different interviews that he did, he is an undeniably really hard worker. So he did this interview with uh, Vibe and they said, you know, you started out in the music business by scrubbing toilets and making tuna fish sandwiches all while going to high school. How did you first get noticed? And he says back in the interview that basically <laughs> he used to do this stuff, right? He was doing odd jobs when he was younger. He said he was hitting up people all over MySpace right when it got big. But then he would do this thing where he would cold call people and pretend that he was a lawyer so that way he could get his demo into different people's ears. 
He said, quote, I used to cold call labels and pretend I was one of their artist attorneys. I would say, this is Jay-Z's attorney. We need to speak with Craig Coleman, you know, owner of Atlantic. And they would say right away. And then I'd be like, please just listen to my demo tape. And when I called uh, the producer Disco D, I knew he was selling studio time. So at first I pretended like I was looking for studio time. He invites me up there and I'm pushing my demo. And he's like, dude, you're wasting my fucking time. I got a busy fucking schedule. But then he listens and he was like, okay. This is cool. I'm leaving for Brazil tomorrow. You got to fill up the studio. And if you do, you get a job. And Benny says, I was scrambling. I didn't live in New York. I had no idea what I was doing, but I called every person that I knew and I filled the studio for the weekend. So that was how he got this internship slash apprenticeship with Disco D. And then he says that one night, it's like two in the morning. He's getting them tuna sandwiches, which is really a motif here. I'm seeing them multiple different tuna sandwiches references but he walked in they were like oh yo what do you think of this line thanks for the sandwich and then he ended up kind of I don't know adding some creativity to that meeting and then he got offered a publishing deal so you know on wikipedia it's just like oh he got an apprenticeship with producer disco d but I just want to note that like he worked his ass off to do that and I always I just feel like we live in um I don't know we talked about this over on patreon last week like how with the quote-unquote canceling of Jerry or Gary from The Golden Bachelor, it's just like, I'm so sick of there not being any good people in the world anymore and like there not being any good heroes, both historical heroes, like you end up learning more and, you know, they're taken off of pedestals. And then even this nice old man on The Bachelor, it's like he's actually kind of a fuckboy and it's like, oh, I'm so sick of it. And I feel like a similar vein to that is uh, all of these like, Okay, like when people talk about Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, maybe like 10, 15 years ago, I was like, wow, they really did the damn thing. And then you get older and you find out, you know, emerald mines and stealing other people's ideas. And it wasn't just hard work, like they screwed people over and here's how they had a leg up. And I feel like that's both good because it makes me realize like billionaires don't just happen and it's realistic. Like you want to know how somebody actually achieved their success. But then it also, I feel like, I don't know, just makes me a little bit sad because I feel like I don't hear stories lately of things like this with Benny Blanco where it's like, damn it, you do have to work really hard. And I remember back when I had my nine to five job and this podcast, I would be waking up at sometimes four or 5 a.m. because I knew that after my nine to five job, I was just like totally burned out and toast. So I wake up in the dark and be like blogging and making videos and putting together all these research docs and, you know, warming up my voice at like 6 a.m. to record an episode before work. And I just, um, I don't know, for some reason, like I really like hearing stories about how other people work hard because for me personally, it inspires me to find more creative ways to kind of keep pushing it. Anyway, but that was what Benny Blanco did. He lied and pretended to be an attorney. <laughs> and then he just kind of kept pushing and pushing and pushing. So then after he gets his publishing deal, this is when he meets Dr. Luke. And he said that before he met Dr. Luke, he wasn't really doing anything with pop music. And he said that when he met Dr. Luke, he said to him, yo, you should be making pop music. Why are you making this indie hip hop stuff? It's cool, but you could be making really great pop songs. So meeting Dr. Luke was really what kind of turned around his trajectory in that area. And if you're curious what his relationship is to Dr. Luke now, because obviously we know about the lawsuit and the allegations between him and Kesha, which am I still calling it allegations or has that finalized? I feel like we all know that Dr. Luke is a shit person. It's been confirmed by like everyone in the industry. But if you're wondering about Benny's relationship to Dr. Luke, 
He says, quote, I don't have any relationship to him anymore. I haven't had a relationship in many, many years. It's a bad situation, and I feel terrible for what happened. So they don't work together anymore. And then one last quote that I want to say here is interesting. Like, did he want to be a producer or did he want to be an artist? And he said before in an interview, when I was growing up, I was like, I want to be an artist. And I tried being an artist and I luckily was not good at all. So I became a producer and now I get to live out that little childhood dream again. And he was saying, what did he say here? Nobody starts their life out and they're like, man, I really want to be a record producer. And it's interesting because... um. You know, Timbaland sometimes, we did the episode on Patreon and then we made it public if you want to listen to it. I know that he's kind of rapped and sang before, but then you do sometimes have people like I've been recently going down a rabbit hole on Grimes and I know she's like, I only sing in my songs because I have to. I use my voice like an instrument, like I don't think of myself as a singer, but I always find it interesting did people want to get into something right because they want the fame or because they want to make music or because they want to sing or because they just care about creating a good song? It seems like it's the latter for Benny. So anyway, now we're around 2007. He's being mentored by Dr. Luke for several years. And under his tutelage, we go from apprenticeship to tutelage, they were able to co-produce and co-write many, many songs, a lot that you will know of. Uh, Tayo Cruz's Dynamite, Kesha's TikTok, and Katy Perry's Teenage Dream. Then in 2008, he said that one of the biggest kind of like pivotal moments of his career was when he got to work with Britney Spears. So in 2008, with Dr. Luke and Claude Kelly, he uh, took part in writing and producing Britney Spears's Circus. So I was reading a lot about Benny Blanco's process of producing and it's really cool and it seems like it's very different from other producers. Like back when I was working on the Timbaland episode, I watched so many different videos of him in the studio giving beats to other artists. For example, the Dirt Off Your Shoulder beat for Jay-Z. He kind of came in to a studio session. He starts playing the beat to Dirt Off Your Shoulder and Jay-Z is kind of nodding his head, getting into it. And he's like, awesome, I'll take that. I'll rap over it. And I feel like that's how a lot of songs, specifically hip hop, are done. Benny never does that. He never comes in with a beat. He always creates it fresh with the person. So he said about his process here, I'm a songwriter as well. I build from the ground up. In hip hop, it's a lot more about lacing a hot track. I start it. I help mix it. I help write it. I help produce it. I cut the person's vocals. I'm involved from the beginning to the end of a song. I'm not just giving someone a beat, you know? And then he says this, which is interesting. He says, there's a lot less room for mistake in pop music. The mistakes in hip hop make it sound cool. People are starting to be cool with it again. But for a while in pop music, if you had even one note off, people were like, what? And I think it's true. Like there's so, you know, Benny Blanco, Dr. Luke, Max Martin, Johan Schellback. These are people who work in pop and do a really good job with it. And I know people think that pop is like so fluffy and stupid. It takes a lot to make a really good pop song. And I feel like too, it, there's so many qualities. Like I, I really want to get Troy from Beyond the Blinds on sometime this year to talk about like who the next big pop star will be because a good pop song requires so much and then a good pop star requires so much more. 
like you really need to have, I'm so sorry. Like I know people give me shit for this, but for example, like Madison beer, so freaking beautiful, incredible voice, but I don't know if she has the it factor, like Sabrina Carpenter, so beautiful, so sweet. Her voice, her dancing is fantastic, but I don't know if she has the it factor. And I don't even know what the fuck the it factor is, right? But there's only a few really good pop stars that come around and there's only a few really good pop songs that come around and it's people like Benny Blanco who are behind the scenes responsible for all of this. So anyway, Benny tells the story about how him and Dr. Luke made the song California Girls. So he said, California girls came about very crazy. I had just taken a road trip from New York to LA and I was stopping by the studio to say what's up to Luke because I was super tired. I get over there and he's like, yo man, let's make a beat. He said that they were just sitting in the studio. They just had like a little tiny bass guitar and a keyboard that cost $25. He said, we were fucking around and we made two tracks and that was California girls and teenage dream in literally 20 minutes. And I always love that. I think there was one like, Tayo Crew song that he said he spent four years on and like nobody even knows of it. And then California Girls and Teenage Dream each took like 10 minutes and they're massive hits. I just find that so funny. He also talked a little bit about his process with producing. He said he's really, really close to the people that he works with. So he said he kind of considers himself like a therapist. So he said here, quote, when I sit down with someone like a Justin Bieber, we're going to be talking about how he's super close to Justin Bieber later on in the episode because I think that ties into Selena. But yeah, he says, when I work with someone like a Justin Bieber or an Ed Sheeran or any artist I work with, I say, hey, how are you feeling? And they're like, well, you know, I've been on tour, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, shut up. How are you actually feeling? What's going on? And then we write about that. And he told this story about how him and Ed Sheeran worked on Justin Bieber's song, Love Yourself. And he said that him and Ed Sheeran were on tour. They were writing in the back. They're drunk. They're exhausted. They were writing a song. It wasn't good. Benny Blanco says to Ed Sheeran, what's going on in your life? And Ed Sheeran's like, I really don't want to write a song about what's going on in my life right now. And then Benny Blanco said, well, hey, let's write a song about not wanting to write a song. And if you know the song, Love Yourself, it starts off with that lyric, I don't want to write a song. And I didn't want to write a song Cause I didn't want anyone thinking I still care or don't But you still hit my phone up Which, by the way, one of the people, other than Justin Bieber, that Benny Blanco is super close to, he's really, really tight with Ed Sheeran. Uh, Apparently, the two of them were set up on an industry friend date right before Ed Sheeran's career totally took off. They bonded immediately with fart jokes on email. Benny Blanco said, we chilled all night, got wasted, had the best time. At some point, it was like, dude, we should try to make a song. They worked on a song together, and they made the song Don't. Anyway, after they worked on the song Don't a few months later, allegedly, well, not allegedly, it's from Benny Blanco's mouth, but Ed Sheeran called him out of the blue, like intoxicated out of his mind at some festival just to like hang out and talk. So they started talking. They became really tight. Benny Blanco would join Ed Sheeran on tour to write. And then he was an executive producer on his third album, 
which is like the division sign. I don't know what the name of it is. But yeah, he's one of these like sneaky guys in the background. He's really, he lived in the Hamptons for a month with Jay-Z and Beyonce and Sia. And he helped Beyonce write her self-titled album. And apparently they would do that in between family meals. They would play different games of would you rather. I just find this so fascinating because like you never really get a peek behind the Jay-Z and Beyonce curtain. Apparently one of the questions, and I can't believe that like Beyonce answered this would you rather question. Would you rather have diarrhea or constipation for life? Which, by the way, I'm telling this story. um, Well, by the time this comes out, I have already told this story on the Patreon. I was in the ER last week for one of those things. I cannot tell the full story here because it's just too embarrassing to tell it to like this number of people. All I'm going to say is take magnesium, drink water, and go for walks. Like, I know it's hard this time of year. Don't let yourself get unhealthy. It will, that's all I'm going to say. Anyway, but I think Benny just has a very nice process to it. I think a lot of producers take themselves seriously and they think that they're the brains of the operation. And he basically says about his process that he always says to the artist, what's on your mind today? What do you want to write about? And he said, I'm not going to decide what the artist is going to write about because it's the artist. They're going to have to sing that song for the rest of their life. When they're old and they're 80 and they have their show in Vegas, they have to sing that song forever. I just make it once. It's personal, but it's a lot more personal for an artist. And I think that's sweet. This episode is brought to you by Quince. I love Quince. I've been using them for years now because, you know, I like to shop, but I love things that are affordable and good value. So Quince has this range of high quality items. All of their prices are within reach. They have everything from like cashmere sweaters for 50 bucks to washable silk tops and dresses. They also have kitchen items, travel items. I got my niece a really cute cashmere beanie on there. My boyfriend has the Quince duvet cover. It's the softest thing I have ever slept in so if you want to get affordable luxury for everyone on your list you can do so with quince go to quince.com fluently and you will get free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that is q-u-i-n-c-e.com fluently to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com fluently and like i said you can get clothing on there kitchen items bathroom items travel items pet items check it all out everything is affordable and great great quality So anyway, continuing on here with his life, we're in 2011 now, and now he starts making his first charting hits without Dr. Luke. He does 303's Don't Trust Me. He does Gym Class Heroes Stereo Hearts. He does the song um, with Maroon 5 and Wiz Khalifa Payphone, and then he also works with Maroon 5 to do Moves Like Jagger. Now, he also worked on the song Senorita with Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. I thought his quotes about that were a little bit interesting. He said, you know how we were talking about how California Girls and Teenage Dream was done so quickly? Well, about Senorita, he said that song we worked on for so long. Before that song came out and everything from the first demo, it was over a year and a half, maybe more. And he said we were all in the studio together. It was me, Camila, Shawn, everybody else who wrote it. Which is kind of crazy to me that, like, Senorita is a good song, but it took more than three people to write it. Like, anyway, whatever. 
But yeah, he said that nobody knew it was going to be as big as it ended up being. Anyway, he also spilled not like too much of a tea, but people were like, oh, what's it like reuniting with Camilla Cabello and Shawn Mendes? And he said about Camilla, he said now, you know, five years later, now when I see her, I'm like, whoa, like before it was like, oh, my God, here's this girl who's finding her own voice. And now you see her and it's like, I'm a diva in parentheses laughs. There's theme music when she walks in now. There's definitely a heavy wind machine. And with Sean, he was just like, oh, yeah, like, I, I've known of him for a while. I've always been wanting to work with him, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I just, Camilla Cabello doesn't have the best blind item life. And everything that I've read from Benny Blanco, everybody's like, he's so successful, but he's so incredibly humble. It just kind of seems like maybe, I don't know, maybe we're getting a little bit tea that she's kind of a little diva-ish or things have gone to her head, whatever. So anyway, then he continues working on his own. Um, now he's been working with BTS, Gracie Abrams, The Weeknd, Selena Gomez. We'll be talking about that. Ariana Grande, Lana Del Rey, Halsey, like just so many freaking people. Also, you know, he worked with uh, Selena Gomez. We'll talk about this in her section, but he produced Same Old Love. And then also that song, I Can't Get Enough. I think it was like, both Spanish and English. Anyway, so he's worked with her before, but I found this very interesting. Somebody said, what was one of your biggest surprises of your recent projects? And he said, my favorite thing is when someone unknown suddenly becomes known. Take Julia Michaels. So then he talks a little bit about Julia Michaels here, who works very closely with Selena Gomez. Like she was kind of her ghost writer slash ghost singer, ghost voice. Like, you don't know Julia Michaels without knowing Selena Gomez, so I just think, keep that in mind. Anyway, he continues. We did this song together called Issues. She was a songwriter for other people who decided she wanted to be an artist, and we all supported her. Issues ended up being one of the biggest songs of the year. She became so confident virtually overnight. I love to see women become powerful in music. It takes a lot of guts, but she nailed it. So that was just something that stuck out to me as like, oh, he's got multiple links to Selena. Then in 2018, he released his own debut song, East Side, with Halsey and Khalid. And then he also did more singles with Calvin Harris, Brendan Urie. Like, he did a bunch of stuff on his own. Now we're getting to 2019, and this is when he does the song, I Can't Get Enough, that Selena Gomez is on. So this is now his second time working with Selena Gomez. And then the year after, he released his first artist collaboration in 2020 with Justin Bieber called Lonely. And he has worked very closely with Justin Bieber. He became friends with him in 2009. So he's been friends with him for, don't make me do math, but I think I'm going to say 14 years, like a really, really long time. He's known him through like the height of his controversies and getting married and everything like that. And he was, I think, recently in SZA's music video, the one Benny Blanco was in SZA's music video, the one that had Justin Bieber in it. I think he was like eating noodles at some point, like literally me on TikTok. And he, like I said before, his process is that if he's working with someone, he's like their best friend and he knows everything about them. So he said this about the song Lonely, um, the Justin Bieber song. He said he did it with Billie Eilish's brother Phineas. 
And he said, quote, I think the song was important because it's a reminder that it's okay to not be okay all the time. If Justin does something stupid, he wakes up the next day and CNN wrote about it. His whole life has been like that since he was 13. Fuck, give him a second to grow. I feel like this is the first time where he's in the spotlight where he's like, I'm an adult. I'm married. I'm writing songs that are truly everything I want to say and put out in the world. It's the first time where he's halfway comfortable. So that just kind of made me a little quizzical because, yeah, he's doing these songs with Justin. He's also like his process is that these artists are confiding in him. Like there's no way that him and Justin worked on this song together, are having these producing therapy sessions, and either Haley or Selena's name doesn't come up in conversation. He knows stuff. Anyway, now we're on to August 2022, and this is when he does his first collaboration with BTS. He's also working with Snoop Dogg. He said before about his music influences, he actually doesn't listen to the radio which is crazy. He said, I try to listen to over a hundred different songs a day. I listen to every single thing. And that's truly such a mark of someone who's so good at their craft. I actually have a friend who is friends with a famous actor. I actually met him once. You know, like, just trust me, guys. Sometimes I, I'm plugged into stuff, but I don't want to lose out. <laughs> I don't want to, like, be cringe and, like, air it all out. So I don't say stuff. But... This movie actor that I was talking to maybe nine months ago was telling us that he watches one to two movies every day. So you know how sometimes, I don't know, like an actor or actress will be on the red carpet and they'll be like, oh, what were the five movies that you liked this year? And they'll name five movies and it's all of this like indie shit you've never heard of before. That's because I think, or at least this actor was saying he is obsessed with watching movies. Like literally in a month, he'll probably watch anywhere from like 50 to 70 different movies because you are learning the craft. You, I kind of think of it as like me with my AirPods always in listening to different podcasts. And I know Taylor Swift has always said that she's listening to all of these different types of songs. I just think, um, I think that's the difference between someone who's really into their craft versus a like, oh my God, no shade, but like a Selena Gomez type of singer. Like, I don't think Selena Gomez every day is like, I have to listen to three new albums from different genres because I really want to pick up on stuff and learn this. You know, they're working with producers who do all of that for them rather than someone like a Taylor Swift who plays like eight different types of instruments and writes all of their own songs and is really deep into it. Anyway, the other thing to know about Benny Blanco before we get into his dating history is that he's very into cooking. <laughs> he has like a cookbook out now. He's been doing this for a while, though. So like back in 2020, he had a cooking show called Maddie and Benny Eat Out America. It could have been Eat Out in America, but I'm sure they, his sense of humor is something we're going to be talking about later. Um, and he did like a cooking show on his YouTube channel called Stupid Fucking Cooking Show. What's the word for his sense of humor? Like brash? Kind of like childish? Like surface level humor? I don't know. We're going to be talking about it later, but that's kind of like his thing. And I know that he does collabs with like all of these different, what's her name? Half-Baked Harvest. He's done a bunch of collabs with her. But also when he was a kid, he said that he wanted to be a chef. He was like, I either want to do music or cooking. So to me, this isn't like a cash grab type of situation. Like I think he, the dude really likes to cook. This episode is brought to you by Babbel. I am so excited to have them as a sponsor, um, and you should be too if you're looking to speak a new language. You can do so with Babbel. I'm so excited because I've been wanting to learn more Swahili for years now. We've been down to Tanzania nine times, and I still know 
you know, Jombo, Hibari, Gina Lacononi, Shannon. That's it. And I'm so embarrassed. But every time I think about wanting to learn a new language, I'm not in high school. I'm not in college. Like, I don't know what class to sign up for or what will work. Babbel works. So what they do is they have quick 10-minute lessons. They're designed by over 150 language experts, and they can help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And they do this focusing on language learning for real conversations, which is not what everybody wants. I'm sick of only knowing nouns in Spanish and not actual conversations. So... We have a special limited time deal for our Fluently Forward listeners to get started right now. You can get 55% off of your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners. You go to babbel.com slash fluently. That is 55% off at babbel.com slash fluently. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash fluently. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, now let's get into his dating history. Okay, this is this is where I this is where I settle. This is what I really want to know. Other than Selena Gomez, there's really only one person he's ever been linked to, and that is a model named Elsie Hewitt. And around 2019, uh, allegedly they met on the set of his and Juice World's 2019 music video for Graduation. And then in January 2020 on Twitter, he shared a bunch of photos, some that featured Elsie, and he had the caption, quote, I have a girlfriend, she just goes to another school. And then they appeared together at Spotify's Best New Artist Party that same month. There are photos, like public photos, of them on two carpets. They're not red carpets. <laughs> like, right, one of them was at the Spotify party. The other was at, like, something else. I forget what it is. But <laughs> him dating a model, like, of course, L.A. is, like, chock full of models and just beautiful, beautiful women. It's just so funny to see photos of them together because he's like a foot shorter than her, right? And you know me, I like short guys, but he's like a foot shorter than her. He's wearing like overalls, like children's looking overalls with like, you know, like paint and stuff like that on them. And then he'll like do this kind of thing where he hugs her from the side with his eyes closed and his head is just like right next to her boob and then in one photo his eyes are closed his tongue is out and he's grabbing his package and I know it's I know it's a Spotify carpet not a red carpet but like you don't have to grab your dick for the photo I just wonder if it's one of those things where like I don't know and so many people I hate when people make fun of someone's looks especially before they know them like this even led to me almost almost defending Ethan Slater, Ariana Grande's new boyfriend, because everyone was just like, ew, he's so ugly. And I'm just like, oh my God, like these people aren't like, they're like, they may not look like Brad Pitt, but they're not like hard to look at. Anyway, and I feel like Benny Blanco was just, I was seeing a lot of that stuff about him online, which just always makes me feel shitty. Like, call me crazy. I don't think that you should totally dunk on someone for their looks. Like you cannot help how you look, but you can help wearing children's overalls um on a carpet and then grabbing your dick on the carpet so that's that's what I'm not critiquing I just I'm I'm just not a fan of it anyway what's interesting is I saw uh online somebody said that she did like a series called Elsie Eats during COVID and they really really liked her food videos so I'm like oh my god he likes food she does food. Maybe they bonded over food. Selena is also doing food with her cooking channel. It's food, food, food everywhere. Nobody really knows when they broke up. Apparently, she hangs out with Hello Teffy, so maybe I should DM and ask her. But I think as of like late 2021, 
there wasn't a trace of him on her Insta. So maybe they dated for like a year. Who knows? Okay, now we're moving on to him dating Selena Gomez, right? So like I said, people think that they met during the I Can't Get Enough video because they're both in the same video, but they worked on Same Old Love in 2015 together. So there's not much of a timeline, but I'll tell you what it is. So things start in 2015, right? They work on Same Old Love. Then we're in 2019. She's featured in the single I Can't Get Enough. They're both in the music video together. They do this cute scene. He's wearing like a teddy bear costume. They're all on a big bed. You've probably seen the video. Then allegedly in June of this year, 2023, they begin dating because she recently said that they've been together for six months. In October 2023, he was spotted at Selena Gomez's Rare Beauty event on October 4th. And then in December this year, this month, on December 7th, she goes over to the Instagram account Pop Factions and fucking lets it rip. We all remember. Now, one thing I just want to notice that I personally find a little sus about Benny, not like sus, not like nefarious, just like I'm keeping my eye on it. Benny Blanco is a guy who is always joking. Like he's always joking and he's always not serious. Even like when they do the music video on the bed, right? Like he's in a big bear costume. He's in his overalls. He's always wearing outfits that look like, you know, your grandmother's quilt just kind of threw up on you. And he's never serious. His answers are always like, I don't know, kind of like vine humor. Like, we're going to talk about his Reddit AMA later, but even if he says something, he'll be like, I'm pooping, like, I'm farting, like, ha, 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 like, scrotum, you know what I mean? That's just kind of his sense of humor, and I love a funny guy. Like, I love people who are funny, but I do sometimes find that people who are never serious are kind of usually hiding something. And like I said, not in, like, a suspicious way, just in a psychological way, I feel like People who have that sense of humor, it's almost kind of like a faux vulnerability thing, right? Like you think that someone's vulnerable because they're online talking about shitting their pants and like a time that they sneezed and like a booger fell out. So it's like surface level vulnerability, but they never really, and I do, trust me, I have read so many Benny Blanco interviews this past week, but he talks about all of that stuff, but he never really talks about like love or pain, or truly deep things, you know? Like, it's almost like someone with that sense of humor is kind of doing it in, like, a stage comedy way. So I've kind of been thinking to myself, or at least the people that I've met in my life, right, who do this, I'm like, mm, there must be something behind the surface. Like, I feel like those people carry kind of, like, an insecurity with them that they try to push people away with, like, the humor. So I was sitting here, you know, armchair, speculating as I love to do and one of the things that I was thinking about obviously I know nothing about this man but something that I've noticed in pouring through research about him he needs to have people around him like I I think that Benny Blanco has to have people around him he has this quote here where he said I can be at my house sitting there making music alone and every single time I've ever done that the first thing I do when I'm done no matter if it's four in the morning I literally just pick up my phone and call someone and I'm like yo you got to hear this I don't want to make music alone in a dark studio it makes me feel awful and depressed I want to make music and feel happy and get to share it with him and he said that COVID was like insanely hard for him he needs to have people in his house at all times I remember there was a video of somebody um meeting Charlie Puth and like over in the corner Benny Blanco was just like hanging out on the couch like 
I just think that Benny Blanco has trouble being alone. And interestingly enough, I think that Selena Gomez also has that same trouble. Like you could see in her documentary, she's never alone. There's always someone by her. And I just kind of get that same sense from Benny Blanco. Like there's a difference between being extroverted and loving to have people around versus needing to have people around and feeling like you can't be on your own. I don't know. But he is... Also, I think like his sense of humor, it's very self-deprecating. It's a great tool to break tension. I'm sure it's great around all of these like celebrities and people who take themselves so seriously because he definitely doesn't take himself seriously. When he did his Reddit AMA, he started it with, hi, what's up? I am a record producer, songwriter, and masturbator. And then even, this was in a New York Times article They asked him about his passions outside of music, and he says, deadpan, lots of peyote and masturbation. Or then even at the end of his Reddit AMA, he goes in all caps, gonna go take a poop. Start asking questions, and I will literally answer them until they shut me down or my arms fall off. I don't know how to describe it. Like, what the, uh, let me know if you figured out what it is. Like, some of the stuff is funny, but also, like, I can't help but think of him pooping and masturbating because, like, all the time he's talking about how he's pooping and masturbating, you know, which I don't know. I don't know. We all do. Anyway, we'll talk about his Reddit AMA after this. Let's get back to him and Selena Gomez. So he is 35. Selena Gomez is 31. They are absolutely dating right now. What are some things here? Oh, some people think that he got her a ring from Shein, Shein, Shen. Shan, you know what I'm talking about. It's like that shitty clothing company that has really bad working practices, although not as bad as Fenty. Maybe we'll have to do an episode about that. Anyway, but it's a ring with the letter B on it, not for Bieber, for Benny Blanco. And a lot of people were like, oh my God, he got her like a cheap ring from Shan, if that's how you pronounce it. He definitely didn't, guys. Like, why is everybody on the internet saying that? This is a company that's known for knocking off and making dupes of really, really rich products. So I'm sure this is like an expensive ring that they just copied the design of on their website. That's what I think, at least. Which, by the way, I did find the whole thing interesting where they were like, uh, Fenty has worse uh, worker practices or ethical practices than Shein does or even Forever 21. I also find it interesting just the way that fast fashion is getting even faster. Like if you go vintage shopping now, and you go to the thrift store, and you find something, and it's like a piece from Forever 21 10 years ago, that Forever 21 piece from 10 years ago might actually be better quality than some of the shit that's in the stores right now, just because like the quality is getting worse and worse. Literally everywhere. We talked about this on Patreon two weeks ago with like the shrinkflation and the Betty Crocker conspiracy theory and stuff. But it's just insane how like the like literally on a month to month basis, I am noticing not only things getting more expensive, but the quality getting so much more shit. Like I went to Whole Foods the other day and I opened up a bag of ruffle cheddar and sour cream potato chips because fuck you out of that flavor. When I tell you that like maybe a third of the bag was full. And my boyfriend is telling me, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, they always say, right, like the bags have to be puffed with so much air. So then that way the chips don't break. Well, then why is it that every time you open up a bag of chips, all the chips are broken in it? So like obviously you're puffing up the air to like make it look like there's more in it. It just makes me so mad, dude. Just like either charge us an arm is how I feel about the Kardashians, right? Like you can lie to us and say that you don't get work done or you can sell us a shitty product but you can't lie about your lips and then sell a product 
you know, about lips. So you're like double fucking someone. And I feel the same way with like what's going on right now, shrinkflation, like either charge me more for the product or make the product shittier, but you're doing both and you're double fucking. You can't double fuck. You know what I mean? I don't know. Let's take, let's take that. Let's take that to the courts. You can't double fuck us anymore. Single fucking only. Anyway, back to Benny Blanco and Selena Gomez. I want to talk a little bit about their scandal from the past because people were saying that he made a dig at her recently and it wasn't recent it was three years ago so this was back when he was working on the song lonely with justin bieber he did an interview with zach sang and he said here about justin quote justin's not one of these cookie cutter pop artists like you know they're like this is my new single and here's my makeup line and he's like justin's like yo i have a pimple and i have anxiety today he's always been upfront about that stuff for me i think he's really falling into himself as an adult now it's brave to put this song out so at this point, that was 2020, he had already worked with Selena Gomez, you know, both in 2015 with Same Old Love and also in 2019 with I Can't Get Enough. A lot of people thought that this comment was a little bit of a jab at Selena Gomez because she's got her beauty line, right? She's kind of a cookie cutter pop star. And like I said before, with his producing technique, I'm like I said, I'm sure that Selena Gomez came up in conversation when he's like getting all therapy speak with Justin Bieber. Um, so a lot of people are mad about this comment. Do I think it was about Selena Gomez? Probably. She is a cookie cutter pop artist. But also, I don't think like you can't date someone. I don't know. It's just hard to like I do believe in my heart of hearts that Selena Gomez would also admit herself that she's a cookie cutter pop artist like does she even know how to play an instrument do you know what I mean like it's just I I don't think that's an insult I just think that's kind of like a fact and I'm sorry if it's douchey but it's the same way that like I don't consider Amrata a podcaster does she know how to edit her episodes no does she like do her own research like probably not so I think she's a cookie cutter podcaster same way I think Meghan Markle is a cookie cutter podcaster and I think Selena Gomez is a cookie cutter pop artist and I like listening to some of their episodes and some of their songs. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means that they're not, like I said, listening to like a hundred different songs a day. Anyway, so was he making fun or kind of giving a little bit of a jab to Selena Gomez? Maybe. Um, the only <laughs> The only thing that I really have a problem with in that sentence or what he said, it's not the dig at Selena Gomez. It's the way that he's saying, oh, Justin Bieber is so upfront about everything. He says when he has a pimple, he says when he has anxiety. That's the thing that makes me roll my eyes because like, yeah, I do think a lot of these stars are a little bit fake or surface level. And so is Justin Bieber. Like what the fuck has he even done in the last three years? And also not for nothing, but like, it's so easy for a guy to be like, oh, I have a pimple because men, especially male pop stars, aren't held to the same rigorous standards that female pop stars are. Like if a male pop star gains a little bit of weight, he can talk about it, right? Like Chris Pratt talks about it. You know, Ed Sheeran talks about like, oh, gained weight doing this. And everybody just goes, oh my God, dad bod, amazing. Someone like Selena Gomez gains a little bit of weight. People go, oh my God, are they pregnant? She's pregnant. It's the front page of the tabloid magazine. Oh my God, she's not good anymore. She fell off. What's the reason? It's because she got dumped. Like it's just taken in such a different way that of course it's harder for a female pop star to be vulnerable about the same things that a male pop star could be. And not for nothing, but like, I don't know, him being like, Justin talks about his pimples and his anxiety. Selena, I have my critiques on Selena. 
But she is someone who, you know, she has lupus. She has drugs, steroids that you have to take for it. So for the last few years, she has had a changing body, a face, you know, bloat going up, going down. And all of those things have been very public. So for him to be like, oh, my God, Justin's like leading the body positivity and mental health awareness movement. It's like, no, he's really not. I don't know. That That's the thing that pisses me off. Also, for what it's worth, Justin Bieber not having a makeup line or a skincare line, that's not him being virtuous and authentic. That's him being lazy, in my opinion. And I do think Justin Bieber's gone through a lot of shit. And I do think that a lot of skincare lines are kind of like cash grabs. But let's just say like him not doing stuff for the last few years, I don't think it's because he's just like so environmentally aware and doesn't want to like make more packaging. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? But I thought that comment was interesting because um, Benny Blanco does pop. Like he got big from Katy Perry and Vanessa Hudgens. His biggest hits are Teenage Dream and California Girls. So it's just like you can't slam on people for having makeup lines. That's literally everybody that you work with. You're not the edgy edgelord that you think that you are. So some of the tea that we got from Selena Gomez during her comment section situation on Instagram, um, she said, right, that they've been dating for six months, her and Benny. She said at one point, quote, that he's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He's still better than anyone I've been with. If you listen or if you did watch Aphrodite's psychic reading on Selena Gomez and Benny Blanco, he said that Benny is a total simp for Selena, but allegedly that somebody is going to catch her eye soon and she's going to kind of leave him for someone else. She also said that Benny is, quote, my absolute everything in my heart. I don't even think that's a correct sentence. It's very, <laughs> it's very bachelor soundbitey. You know, when they say like, I think that I'm falling for you. And that's like what they say before they say, I love you. He is my absolute everything in my heart. I didn't even know. I don't know if she was in the right state of mind when she was posting this too. And I know everybody says that Selena Gomez is like single, single. That's her whole thing. I mean, she has been dating people for the last year, right? She was kind of linked to Zayn Malik in March and Drew Taggart from the Chainsmokers in January. So, you know, it's not nothing. I What I find interesting about this is that Benny Blanco hates fame. He hates the idea of it. Um, he gets embarrassed very easily. He said before in interviews, quote, it takes a strange person to love being famous or want to be famous. I don't understand it. I would never do it. If I was ever as famous as Justin, that would be a nightmare. Uh, he's super, super private about his personal life, even though he's such an extrovert. And then he said at one point in a different interview, quote, I definitely don't want to be famous at all. I beat the system. I get all of the luxuries of being famous without actually being famous. Well, now that you're dating Selena Gomez, you're going to be way in the limelight. Like, even when I was doing research for this episode, I had to do all of these filters in Google to be like, something, something about Benny Blanco before December of 2023 versus during. Because, like, probably if you type in Benny Blanco's name before December 2023, let's just say there was, like, 500,000 hits on him. Now there's probably, like, 1.2 million because, like, every single person is talking about him and Selena Gomez. So... Who knows what that will be like? I'm kind of reminded of like Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. Sometimes dating like one of the biggest female pop stars in the world when you're lesser known, sometimes it does something. So we'll see if this, you know, 
is the nail in their coffin or not. Uh, also, the last thing here, the Raya allegations. People on TikTok were saying, uh, Selena said that she's been dating him for the last six months. I saw him on Raya a couple months ago. And uh, somebody said, somebody else said a couple months ago, I matched with Benny on Raya and we had a conversation. So they were at least talking. But I don't know, sometimes also when you start officially dating someone, or at least in all of my relationships, I do this. Like once you start officially being boyfriend and girlfriend, I go all the way back to the first date. And I'm like, we were dating then. Even though like you weren't exclusively dating then, but you just want to be like, well, we've known each other for like four months. So let's say that we've been dating for four months because now we're officially dating. So maybe it was one of those things. I don't know. This episode is sponsored by Rocket Money, and I'm so excited to have them as a sponsor because I am someone who has just always felt a little bit trepidatious about finances, both in terms of not understanding some of the financial lingo, and then also not really being sure like what I should be doing with my money, how I'm doing with my money, having a budget. If I'm spending too much, I probably am. And Rocket Money is just a great way. It handles everything for you. So let me tell you a little bit about it. They are a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. They've got over 5 million users, and they help their members save an average of $720 a year with over 500 million and canceled subscriptions. This is a huge blessing to me because different iPhone apps, different, I don't want to say Patreon, don't ever cancel your Patreon, but different um, streaming services, even like I was signed up for YouTube premium, it went up in cost. I didn't even notice that until I checked it out with Rocket Money. It's just fantastic. I recommend it to everyone. Stop wasting your money on things that you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fluently. That is rocketmoney.com slash fluently, rocketmoney.com slash fluently. All right, the last two things I want to talk about is his feud with Charlie Puth and his Reddit AMA and what we can glean from that. So you might remember a couple years ago, him and Charlie Puth were having this like feud bitch fest over on TikTok and people could not tell, are they actually fighting or is this just like some sort of gag? Which by the way, I've said this on other episodes, but Charlie Puth is like best friends with a family member of mine is all that I'm going to say. So I will never really spill tea on Charlie Puth because he's kind of got a soft spot in my heart that's like adjacent to that. Um, but anyway, here's what I will say about that situation. I also find, by the way, uh, they're very, very close friends. Like I said before, like if you maybe in 2021 would like watch videos or YouTube videos of Charlie Puth, Benny Blanca was always just like on the couch in his apartment. They hang out all the time, but they also have a very similar sample style. So Benny Blanco will get samples of like his French bulldog, a disco, his door locking, a bunch of bulls clattering on a table, and he'll work all of that into his pop songs. And that's very similar, right, to Charlie Puth on TikTok being like, ooh, this is like the way that like my poop hits the toilet. Why did I say that? It's, dude, Benny Blanco is like infecting my brain with his humor. Let's come up with a different example. Ew, <laughs> sorry. Okay, Charlie Puth will be like, here's the sound of a fresh tulip being placed into water. Isn't that better? And then he'll take that like bloop sound and use it in a song, which is like the same thing that Benny Blanco does. Anyway, so back when Charlie Puth was promoting his song Light Switch or it was about to be released, him and Benny started like going back and forth making videos on TikTok. And it was mostly Benny just like curb stomping the shit out of him online. 
he would diss Charlie's knowledge of music theory. He would tell him that he should quit the business. He would make fun of him for like sitting in his room all day making TikToks. And people at first were like, oh my God, they're friends. This is like a funny joke. But then Charlie made this very vulnerable video saying, you know, man, these videos were really funny at first. I don't exactly know why you've been so mean to me these past couple of months, but it does genuinely hurt my feelings. I used to look up to you and I don't know where all of this is coming from. And it got so intense that Billie Eilish ended up like defending him, basically saying, what do you do all day, Benny? The same thing, literally the same thing, basically saying like, stop making fun of Charlie for being on TikTok when all you do is also make videos on TikTok, blah, blah, blah. So things got a little bit messy. But then March 29th, there was an episode of Impulsive. That's right. Logan Paul's podcast. And that was what solved this because the chain smokers were on and they basically revealed that it was a joke, right? So Alex turned to Andrew and he said, the Charlie Puth thing was not real. It was all just a joke, right? And then Andrew said, I don't think we can expose that here. But then he went on to say, okay, so Charlie told me it wasn't real. He said that they're close friends. I still don't know. I mean, maybe it was a joke. I don't know. All I'm going to know is like, it was funny at first. And then I did end up feeling really bad for Charlie Puth. So who knows? Okay, now let's end things with his Reddit AMA. You know I love when celebrities do a good AMA. You remember in the Joe Jonas episode? I think that one was over on Patreon, but we did do Jonas Brothers, and that was a public episode. The Joe Jonas Reddit AMA was just like red flags everywhere. Tons of crazy stuff. So here are some highlights that I was able to pull out. And this was 10 years ago from Benny Blanco, but still. We get some stuff here. Uh, mental health. He said here on Reddit, I would like to call what I have organized chaos. I have ADHD and a little bit of OCD. So it's all exactly where I want it to, but to the outside world, it may look like chaos. And then in another post, he said, dot, 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 bipolar is hard, replying to someone who has that. He said, I suffer from ADHD and severe anxiety. You're not alone. I definitely, like just in from the interview answers and the way he speaks, I definitely get ADHD from Benny Blanco. He also said too in this AMA that he always wanted to be a chef. Music just happened first, blah, blah, blah. So like we said, he's always loved uh, food and cooking. Somebody asked him if there was ever an artist that he didn't like working with or was a diva. And he said here, I never work with an artist that I don't meet first and connect with on a personal level. So usually a lot of this is avoided, blah, blah, blah. If someone's an asshole, I'm not going to work with them, blah, blah, blah. But then he ends with this paragraph, which I found interesting. He says, look, to be real with you, no artist is a walk in the park. There's always something and a critical moment where it could go either way. You just got to remain calm, assess the situation, and diffuse the situation if need be. And I think he said maybe it was Wiz Khalifa who was like a total dick the first time he worked with him, but then like they moved past it. It is interesting, right? Because a lot of these artists, especially if you're working with pop stars, I feel like do you have that diva in them? So I wonder what it's like. He said something here about Max Martin. We know and love Max Martin. He worked on 1989, the first one, not the re-records. And he said this quote on Reddit. Max Martin once said something that has really stuck with me. I asked him how he has consistently stayed so relevant. He said he is constantly collaborating with new, exciting talent that will keep him fresh and on his toes. The second you think you know everything and you don't need help is when you fall off. So a lot of people are speculating, oh, why did Max Martin not work with Taylor Swift on the 1989 re-records? Maybe this is the reason, right? Like he always wants to do something that's new and fresh and he didn't think that re-recording old songs would really help him out. 
He also said, I always wonder, you know, what drugs people are doing. (laughs) Benny Blanco said in his AMA, as a youngster, I smoked my fair share of pot, but I had to stop because it kept giving me so much fucking anxiety and it was doing the opposite of what it was supposed to do. For me, it doesn't work, but for some it works wonders, blah, 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 etc. So I don't think he smokes weed. And then this here, somebody was like, oh, what's the best hookup story? This is what I mean in terms of like, well, now I don't want to say that he overshares because I know that is a symptom of ADHD where things just like fly out of your mouth and you're like, oh, fuck, I regret that. But whatever. It's still on Reddit. So this is what he said. Oh, man. Favorite hookup story. Okay, here is a really embarrassing one. I was getting ready for a date when I was in like seventh grade. I knew the girl wanted my junk, but I was getting anxious about the night and I didn't want to end too quickly if it got to that point. So I started pacing around the room trying to figure out what I could do. I decided to punish my crotch in the bathroom before I took a shower. So I did my business into my boxers and threw them into the hamper and took a shower. When I was downstairs ready to go with all my friends and their girls and someone's parents, because none of us could drive, my mom runs down the stairs with my cummy underwear in hand, I guess she was doing the laundry, and yelled in a Jewy voice, dispose of your love juices elsewhere. Maybe the most embarrassing hookup story ever. Thanks, mom. Benny, Benny Blanco, first of all, that's not a hookup story. That's like a masturbation story. <laughs> also, like the one story is like from seventh grade when like you came in your boxers. Like it's just, um, I don't know. But you know what? I guess better to say something like that than pull a Joe Jonas and like blow up someone's spot about how you hooked up with them. But still, I don't know if I needed to say the phrase cummy underwear. Cummy underwear. Oh God, I'm so sorry. And I'm so sorry. I just said it like three more times just now. I'm really sorry, guys. I'm sorry about the poop. (laughs) I'm sorry about the underwear. (laughs) Anyway, so that is Benny Blanco, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Yeah, I might make like a little Spotify playlist of like all of his pop hits. I do think he's incredibly talented. And like he said before, it takes a lot to do a really good pop song. There's only a few people in the world who are like, hit makers you know he's an absolute hit maker and if anything is to come from this relationship I really hope that Selena does more songs with him like put out a fire pop album even if it is cookie cutter pop I don't care that's what I love listening to I still listen to the Hannah Montana soundtrack like every week there's no way I would ever share my Spotify wrapped with someone so anyway let me know what you've heard about Benny Blanco I asked you guys over on Instagram if you had heard any rumors about him no one has he just seems like a nice guy Unless, of course, you're talking to Charlie Puth. So thank you for hanging out with us this week. If anyone has some extra time, go ahead and head on over to the podcast app and check out Fluently Forward. Give us a little five stars or maybe a review. Um, If you have something that you don't like about the show, let me know after you rate it five stars and you can (laughs) and then you can say what it is in the comment after putting up those five stars. We are going to be off for the next two weeks because of the holidays, but the Patreon schedule is still going to be bumping with new episodes every Friday and some interspersed episodes and random videos in between as well. So if you want to check out any of that over the holiday season, patreon.com slash fluently forward. Thank you for hanging out with me and I will see you in the new year.